0: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We have the pleasure this week of talking to the fittest woman on earth, Tia Claire Toomey Orr. Now, if you know anything about Tia's story, I mean, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. She is an absolute beast. Okay, she is a four time reigning CrossFit Games champion. Just prior to winning her first CrossFit Games, she was a Olympian, a competitor at the 2016 Rio Olympics in weightlifting. She's won the 2018 Commonwealth Games gold medal, also in weightlifting. And and I'm sure what is just unlimited free time for her with everything she has going on. She's also now a bobsledder. I think what you'll hear as amazing as all of those accolades are, you know, she is an incredible person and what it is that drives her to excel at that level, just incredibly inspiring. So I don't want to give anything away, but uh, one of the better conversations that we've certainly had on this show. And I think the ability to hear what makes someone like that tick, someone who exceeds such a high level, not only in one sport, but in multiple disciplines, There's really a lot to be gained there. So fantastic conversation. We were so glad we could get her on the show. On that note, if you are enjoying the show, please do leave us a rating and a review. It certainly helps. And as I always say, man, we are having so much fun doing this and getting to have conversations like this. So thank you to all who listen. We really sincerely appreciate it. Love to hear the feedback. So please do keep that coming. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to KenGunter.com. I always respond there. I'm a little slower on Instagram, so just bear with me, but uh, yeah, love hearing from you, so keep the feedback coming. On that note, if this is your first time listening to the show, make sure to stick around for the end where I run it by my wife, Sonia Gunter, and uh, <laughs> today's episode gets a little emotional for her, but uh, another good one. So I don't want to stand in the way of this one. Without further ado, please welcome Tia Claire Toomey or to the show. Here we go. I gotta get up, I got too much to do, yeah I gotta get going, I gotta talk to you, it's time to start the show. (laughs) Tia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. So, Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I, isn't, isn't that terrible? Always like uh, we've been talking beforehand and then you have to do the welcome. And you're like, wait, why are we talking like we haven't met?
1: <laughs> I feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I get a bit awkward, but um, once I start talking, then you can't shut me up.
0: Oh, well, good. That actually makes my job <laughs> much easier. Um, well, and I, I should say we were talking beforehand because you were nice enough to talk to my six-year-old who was incredibly excited to meet you. So thank you for doing that.
1: Oh no, she is such a sweetheart. The fact that she's playing soccer and so excited about it, it just, it it makes me so happy to see, because I think that it's just so important for kids to just go out there and absolutely just follow whatever passion that they have, because at such a young age, I think that they're so open-minded. Yeah. And so when they get to dabble in so many different things, it really like broadens their horizon.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, I was like, Hey, what do you want to ask Tia? Cause she was, you know, honestly, that's the first time I've ever done that, but I just, uh, you're such such a fantastic uh, role model, both in terms of what you've accomplished athletically and and for young women who are interested in athletics and beyond. Uh, And I was like, what do you you want to ask Tia? And she's like, "Um, can I tell her that I have soccer practice tomorrow? I was like, yeah. (laughs) so (laughs) sweet she's so
1: adorable
0: yeah 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 yeah. so thank you you made her day um but actually maybe that's a fantastic segue so I read your book which um I really enjoyed because I think it gave a lot of insight into the formative years which was really cool and I know you're from Australia Queensland um I hoping I hope I'm saying that right Uh,
1: absolutely yep nailed
0: it But speaking of kind of exposure to a lot of different things at a young age, um, your upbringing was really unique. And Mm. if if you don't mind, I I would love to talk a little bit about like, just like your own kind of entrance into the world of sport. Um, Because I I don't know how much a lot of listeners know about that.
1: Yeah, I think... um you know, like, obviously I think a lot of people can turn around and say how or incredible their upbringing was and everything like that. And, and obviously I can only go off my own experiences and, and I'm obviously very biased to my experiences, but, um, I think what something resonates and has always stuck with me was how much my mom and dad encouraged me to try so many different things, you know? Um, and, that's where I discovered how passionate and how driven I was when it came to sports. Um, you know, they definitely highly encouraged me to learn a musical instrument. And I think I I went from playing piano to playing the guitar and, um, and then I wanted to do drums, but I never really fell in love with it as much as what I did with sport. Hmm. And so, um, you know, obviously dabbling in a few different things and then really taking on the running side of things. I had a different sport every afternoon after school that mum would take me to, but my running was something that I went to my parents and I said, like, I want to train for this and I want to get that much better and I want to actually go and see how far I can go. And at the time through school, nationals was the highest level that you could go. And you had to wait until you got older and out of school before you could actually go international. Yeah. So having that goal in mind and then having the support from my mom and dad to help me train morning and night really allowed me to develop. And I think my maturity level also developed a lot quicker. Mm. And I understood the importance of, you know, working hard for something that you really want to go out and achieve. And that just, I felt like, and I, and I truly believe to this day that that really set me up with a solid baseline of understanding how important it was to set high goals for yourself, but then follow through and actually put in the work to go and to, to achieve that essentially.
0: Well, and one of the things that blew me away and stop me if I get any of this wrong, was that, I mean, when you say morning and night, people are probably like, oh, okay, yeah, she was working. No, no, literally, I think it. I read that at fifth grade, you were getting out and running at like, what, 5.30 in the morning? And then you were training again after school. Like, was that something that was just intrinsic in you? Were were you just so passionate about your goal? Like, uh, where did that come from at such a young age?
1: Well, so I felt like, In school, when I did, say, cross-country and athletics, um, there was always someone that was better than me, and it was one particular person. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always felt like I was always coming in second. And at the time, you know, I would just do my sports in the afternoon. I never really put the effort into training. And what I could not understand was there was always that one person that was just that much better than me. Hmm. And I knew that something needed to change in order for me to actually win. And so um, when I was at school, I had a girl who would beat me and I would always come second at school level, but then we would advance to the district level, which was the next stage.
2: Right.
1: And then when I got to the district level, I would, smash that girl but then there would be another person that was just in front of me
0: oh
2: yeah
1: and and I never really understood I was like why why am I always coming second and it's always to someone different because hmm. it when I went and then to the next level I would beat the person that beat me at re, uh, districts but then there was a new person oh and I could I was always like I step up to the the level but then I don't seem to have, there's something missing for me to actually take that next step and actually like win the event. And so mom and dad, they could tell that like, you know, it was, it got to a point where I was like beating myself down so much that I I just didn't understand what, what I was missing. And, um, and mom and dad said, look, you know, we're going to, we're going to try and train for this now, you know, and if this is something that you want to do, you're going to have to take the initiative yourself. We're not going to wake you up every morning. You're Mm -hmm. going to have to be the one that takes that initiative, but we will be there to take you to places whenever you need. So every morning we, my dad and I, we would get up early in the morning and we would go swim train. So I would wake up at five, uh, five o'clock, And then at 5.30, we would go to the pool. We would swim for an hour. And that would, depending on the day or the training session, I would swim typically between two and a half to three, three and a half Ks um, um, in the morning. And that changed up. I don't think
0: I could do that this month.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It, I think because it happened or like this was something that I, would do from such a young age. Right. I already I just accepted it and I embraced it. Um and I I enjoyed doing it, you know. It was it it's boring and it's it does sound boring, but I think it wasn't the training itself, it was the process that I enjoyed hmm. so much. And I also got to do it with my dad, you know. And I think that that one like I am very family oriented and so I'm, I just want to always be around my family. And when I'm around my family, I'm, I'm the happiest. And so that was just something I thought was very special. And I look back now and, you know, there were definitely mornings where I was like, Oh dad, I don't want to go. And he's like, "Tia, you have to, you know, like, this is, this is what it takes. Yeah. And so the reason I would swim though, was because um you know you don't want to run too much and my dad's always been a believer in how other sports can complement your fitness and you know your skill level and um when i would train my running he thought that swimming would be great for my lungs which in time will actually benefit my my running right so that's why we would change it up it would be low impact on the body so you know i'd be keeping my body healthy and you know, not injuring or overdoing my my joints when I'm running. But then I would also be expanding my lung capacity, which will only transfer over and benefit me in my running. Hmm. And then in the afternoons after school, I would do my running training and that would be around about an hour and a half. Um, and at the time, because I was training for cross-country and athletics, we would always have to, you know, try and figure out the happy balance between working on my endurance, but also not, you know, um, affecting my speed too much when it came to the 800 meters event or 1500 meters. So, um, there was a vast variety of running training that I had to do in order to actually complement my, my competition.
0: That's so interesting. I mean, you know, At the time, I don't even know if CrossFit existed. Right. So, you know, it's not like there's a vision that this combination of like often like mutually exclusive skill sets was going to be advantageous to you. Um, But it is kind of interesting to hear you describe it. Was your father an athlete or was your mom an athlete? Like, it seems like they were pretty dialed in in terms of like needing to make sure you were recovering properly, but also like, you know, to your point, like, complimentary exercises were going to pay off and you're running. Even the swimming was, I mean, that seems like yeah. pretty on top of it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. So mom, mum was very competitive in softball. She also did netball. Um, she was more of a team sport person. My dad was more of an individual who would do um, swimming. He actually swam, but he also did like football um, at like, AFL, which is Australian football, Um, and, you know, like they were both very sporty, but I think what limited them was in their day and age when they were growing up, their family encouraged them to um, do sports, but they had to get themselves there. They never had that support from their own parents that allowed them to actually pursue it. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to them growing up and having to actually get a job and have like some sort of living, yeah, they had to stop their sports, you know, like they never had the support that they gave me. And I think that that's what, um, th- that's what really helped them because like they were so passionate with their own sports and stuff. Uh, they knew what was missing in their lives, which was like, and I mean, my grandparents, they're very supportive people, you know, like they're not, they're not hard, but in that day and age, that's just like, that's just the way it was, you know? And so I think because my mom and dad were so motivated in sports and, you know, did want to actually go out there and actually achieve it, Mm -hmm. they never had that opportunity. And so, they provided that for me. And yeah. I think that that's the difference between why I was able to go out and fully fulfill my passion for sports compared to what they were capable of doing. They could only do it for fun. Mm. Um, and I did it for fun as well, but I also took it to another level where I was devoting a lot of time and energy into it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I guess like I was just fortunate enough to have the parents there that, we're going to financially support me. And, you know, they, they said, look, you know, if if this is something you want to do, as long as you're putting in the work, we will take you there. We will help you get to these places. And, um, you know, you won't be expected to go and have like a, a day job or you won't be expected to, you know, save up pocket money. Um, because we know you're putting in the energy and effort into your own training.
0: So it's funny. I, this is something I think about a lot and maybe it's because I have kids, but you know, I've always had this idea. It's like, it, it really is incumbent upon the younger generations to build on the foundation that their parents have built. Yeah. But, you know, so to your point, your parents like very sporty, good athletes, but there was something that they didn't have access to. And they, they, you know, enabled you to have that. And you obviously took it yeah. in with it. Absolutely. Um, and I just, I think, you know, being aware of that is really important. Like me as a parent, now I'm like, okay, look, whatever my kids' passions are, how can I set them up so that they have the best shot to run with it if they're passionate about it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so part of that though, is it, it's incumbent upon the kid. I, this wasn't supposed to be a whole podcast about your childhood, but now that this is super... Interesting. <laughs> no, um, you know, but I think you said a couple of things there, like you were personally really passionate about it because I think the flip Mm -hmm. side of that coin is there's a lot of parents who are like, you know, they watch a tiger woods documentary and they're like, well, I'm going to get him swinging a golf club from the age of 10 and I'm going to build him into this, whether he likes it or not. Um, you know, so I mean, were you always, was this always just self-starter, very driven. It was your passion. And
1: yeah. So my sports teacher, he was, um, he was very sporty. He was actually quite a hippie and he, awesome. he was the one that actually um, a, like showed me this cross country and showed me how enjoyable, I guess like pursuing a sport would be. Yeah, And that was one thing that I've, I have to give a lot of credit to my mom and dad. Never once did they force me into anything. They were always very supportive. they, they were stern in the sense of, if you're going, I'm not just going to go and you know take you to this tennis lesson, and pay for these tennis lessons if you're not going to actually apply yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So they were very adamant that they're not just going to waste money because I mean, my we grew up on a sugarcane farm, and at the time, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So when I look back now and I realize just how much money and effort my parents put in, I, I have to appreciate what they were doing because technically they, they were making something work when we probably couldn't even financially support it, you know, and they didn't allow that to stop the opportunities and the possibilities that were provided to me. So um, when I look back on that, I have to appreciate so much of the support I received because it was never forced. Yeah. And if I didn't like something, I just stopped. And it wasn't the sense of like, Oh, I'm not good at it or anything like that. I actually, I actually fell closer towards things that I wasn't good at and I wanted to get better at it.
2: Oh, And
1: yeah. And, and I found that interesting too, because I always thought that it wasn't challenging enough. If I, if I just naturally was good at it, then I didn't have that fulfillment deep down inside where I was enjoying it. Cause I was like, Oh, it's just easy. And so, you know, tennis, it never came easy to me. And I was always struggling with it to the point where I'd go home after like a fixtures game and, I'd be like, Oh man, like I lost again. Like what's going on? Like, why don't I, why can't I do this? Yeah. But getting those tennis lessons and helping that development and seeing that growth was really fulfilling. And I think that I, I honestly, I have to give it back to my mom and dad who allowed me to see it that way. You know, I would come home crying because I, you know, obviously I'm, I'm young and I was disappointed in my efforts. And then, they're like look you know it's great that you're holding yourself up to this expectation but you have to you have to embrace the the process and the growth of of actually learning the sport
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so i think that that's probably why i enjoyed doing so many different things because you know i i wasn't naturally gifted at it all and i really enjoyed the process of it
0: yeah that that's amazing um to really appreciate the process At such a young age, and it sounds like Mm. your parents are incredibly influential. I mean, how many adults have to be told, like, "Look, just focus on the process, like the end result. Quit, quit over fixating." Right, and so at a very young age, be able to do that is really remarkable. Um, If I can skip ahead a little bit, something
1: absolutely no worries.
0: No, I love it. But so, okay, here's where we are today. You've you've now won the CrossFit Games four times in a row, right? And I think. For people who have followed you for a number of years, they're aware there was, I'm sure, a lot of hardship along the way. And there was some early, you know, what most people would probably call a win, but I think you probably considered a defeat. Uh, But now it's kind of like, well, I mean, she's so dominant that, you know, it must have always just come so naturally. And something that I was not aware of that blew me away is that you had a period where you weren't doing anything athletically. And you were really relatively new to CrossFit and weightlifting in only a, mm-hmm. a few years prior to your first games. Yeah. Um, so you know h- how did that kind of come about to where you realize like, oh, I really have some potential here.
1: Uh, I don't think I realized my potential until 2016, actually, um, and me. that was. Purely based off experience. Like I just didn't have a whole lot of experience. Everything happened so fast from the day that I started CrossFit to actually going to the CrossFit Games. It was such a rapid experience that I didn't have a baseline. I didn't have any foundation in the sport that it didn't allow me to understand it fully. Um,
0: And and for people listening who might not know, I mean, when we say limited experience. Like you, uh, am I correct in that you started CrossFit in like 2013 and you were at the games getting second in 2016?
1: 15. 15. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Right, I'm so, gonna, our, our assistant's going to get a strongly worded letter from me after this. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's, that's completely fine. Um, I mean, they all, it, it all like makes, the. Okay. it's, it's one of those things that when I very first started CrossFit, I actually didn't, I didn't enjoy it because of the the coach actually that was coaching the class. And um, it took me about two months to go back to CrossFit and give it a second try. And what I loved about CrossFit and it comes back to, you know, me as a little kid, like I just enjoy doing so many different things. Yeah. Because I'm someone that's very impatient, but I also get very bored quickly and Um, having that variety from CrossFit was so beneficial for me. It, I honestly, I was like, wow, like I have a different challenge every single day Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not an easy process because, you know, learning a kipping muscle up or learning a butterfly pull up or, you know, any kind of movement, even weightlifting for that matter. It allowed me to have something to focus on every single day and, I was always just trying to get that much better. And so it comes back to that process that I enjoyed when I was such a young girl that the sport of CrossFit was like, Oh wow. Like this is what I've been looking for my whole life. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there's always something to get better at. And then there's also something that, you know, when you, when you accomplish something, you feel that fulfillment and you do get that in a small way every single day when you go and do a workout. Mm. And so not only is it challenging but it's also very fulfilling on a constant basis. Yeah. Um so it wasn't keeping me bored it was actually entertaining me and it was also something that I felt was stimulating me on a regular basis as well. Yeah. Um and I never did crossfit just to be um an athlete a crossfit athlete I simply started crossfit to actually help With my fitness. So just before CrossFit, I was going to university to study nursing and exercise and movement science. And I always felt like I wanted to do something in health and health related. Yeah. So when I was at uni, I, there was just something missing. You know, I I felt like I needed to devote a lot of my time and energy into my studies. Yeah. But in saying that too, I stopped all my sports, I stopped everything so that I could focus on that. Mm -hmm. But then I lost a a big part of me and who I am. And that really, I genuinely felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, I actually felt like I, I hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. and I also felt like I was really letting my parents down. Um, obviously like, I think, you know, but if anyone's listening now, it's, they've realized just how influential my, my parents really are to me in my life.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, for me, like I have failed at life if I've let my parents down and they would never, ever look at me as, as I've let them down. But I know deep down that, you know, they, I just always want to make them proud, you know? And I knew I wasn't, doing my absolute best or I wasn't, um essentially making my parents proud by just going to school and trying to get this degree that I truly even wasn't passionate about uh. so i I genuinely felt like I was just living life and going day by day and not really living up to my full potential. so, um, my, my boyfriend at the time who is now my husband, he, um, he actually got a relocation in his work. And I took that opportunity to just defer university, stop paying for a course that I didn't even want to do. right? And I actually just went and got a job and I just wanted a fresh start essentially. Um, and before I knew it, Shane actually introduced me to CrossFit and was like, Hey, I think that this could be a really cool way for you to develop your fitness. Mm. Um, Because, you know, you haven't been training at all lately and then you could get back into your running. And so I only started CrossFit just to help me and the same kind of concept as the swimming when I was young, which was, you know, I used the CrossFit, I could develop a bit more strength and get a bit more power and speed for my running. And, you know, I can feel a little bit more stimulated um, and it was only going to benefit my running. And I was going to get that back up and running and I was going to start, I guess, taking my life back over and trying to figure out like what it was I was truly passionate about.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, in a different way. So, like, I I played football in college and once I was done... Mm -hmm you know, I, I didn't go on to the next level and I was, I got a real job and I was working in the city. And I just, I think like a lot of athletes when they're done, whenever that ends, they're just kind of lost. It's like much of your life was built around like structure and having goals. And to your point, like this process, when that's taken away from you, you're kind of like, man, like what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I, I, can completely, and I'm sure a lot of people listening actually relate to that. Um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to start this show because it's like, look, like just, you know, because like you stopped at high school or college or whenever, like there's a lot to be said for like being able to dive back into that passion for athletics. Um, so here's one more thing I have to ask you. And I know we're, we're, we're coming up on time here, but I'm just so blown away by this. So to your point, you start in 2013, there's also a back injury that takes place in 2014. I think 2014. But
1: yep. To your point. Yes, right, you nailed it. <laughs>
0: we're getting there slowly but surely. It's a real show. <laughs> um to your point like your focus was like running and swimming and mm-hmm. since then like now we know the story you go to the Olympics for weightlifting, you win the Commonwealth Games. Like mm-hmm. Was it just, there was this untapped natural talent that you realized you had, or did you have some indication that like, Oh, I'm always pretty good at this. I've just never really taken a run at it.
1: I think no. So I, I mean, I've obviously seen weightlifting at the Olympics before as a young girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I was predominantly more focused on the swimming on the, and predominantly actually the winter, uh, the summer Olympics. So yeah. I genuinely was like following a lot of the track and field. i followed swimming. Um, I always thought the gymnastics was absolutely incredible. Not yeah. something that I ever did though. Um, and I also like, I watched weightlifting, but never in a million years did I think that I would ever know or do cross up uh, weightlifting. Yeah. So, um, when I started CrossFit, obviously weightlifting was a component of it. And that's where I just started to pick it up. And I started learning what the movements were called. And I was like, you know, I do every, it took me like eight months to figure out what a snatch was called and, you know, getting the right terminology for each movement.
0: Well, it's incredibly technical. You know, it's, yes. It's not bench pressing. I mean, it is. Oh my gosh! Never it tried is. it. One, don't do it at home. Like. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> it it is very dangerous, but it's also, you know, it's actually very simple once you actually get the right coaching and and you understand what it what to do. Yeah. But like, I I had no idea what any of it was about, and so learning that and and I guess appreciating that from like this whole like process. Um, sorry, w- what was your question related to this? Who knows?
0: Who knows? It couldn't have been that good if we've already forgotten. No, no,
1: no, it, no, it was, I, my question I just, was. I know I was going off a little bit of a tangent
0: no, here. We're good. good. This show is nothing but tangents. No, I I was, it's so interesting to me that in such a short amount of time, you went from not only making the CrossFit games in under two years, but at the same time, I mean, quite literally you became a world-class weightlifter and Olympian and in between it wasn't un, you know uh, uninterrupted training you had a spine injury so i'm just like I'm, right that's yeah, right yeah i'm just trying to wrap my head around like how did you progress so quickly
1: um honestly uh, just determination um i think that it really comes down to like my drive and determination dictates dictates how patient or impatient i am um yeah. and so when when I discovered weightlifting through CrossFit, it wasn't until maybe, I want to say maybe 10 months into the whole process, um, I simply was just going to the everyday class. And I actually, in that time, I'd been asked to join the comp team, which was just a local team at our gym who would go to local competitions and they would compete. And honestly, it was just to find friends because we just relocated to this new place where Shane had just found a job yeah. and I just deferred from university. So I was trying to find myself again. And when you move to a new location and you don't have family or friends there, like, you know, you, you get a little lonely. So oh, Shane weird. and I, we, we tried to do whatever we could to actually like meet people.
0: Yeah. It's like, and it didn't go this, over again.
1: It really is. It yeah. really is. So, like, we were just discovering friends and developing friendships and um, and I would go to these local competitions. So I was finally starting to feel my feet again. And when I was a little girl back in 2000, there was um, the Olympics were happening in Australia in Sydney. Yeah. And for me, there wasn't a defining moment, but there was something where this one athlete, she – she won a gold medal and it was on this magazine and we heard about it at school through our teachers and it was a big deal. Yeah. And seeing everyone's reaction to the Olympics were, it was, I was old enough to understand that, wow, this is an incredible achievement
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: had something to do with sports, which I was obviously interested in. And so I was like, I want to be, I want to go to the Olympics one day, you know? And so, when weightlifting came into the scene and i realized how terrible i was at it i actually one day um entered into an individual competition which was at a um in brisbane which is one of our major cities in queensland mm-hmm. and like i competed there but like i had no idea who anyone was um you know shane and i were the only ones like we had a couple of people from my gym but Shane and I, we were just doing our own thing. He was there to help me. And he was the one that he didn't know much about CrossFit, but he was very passionate about health and fitness as well. And for like two months prior to this one individual competition, he um he he just like looked up a lot of things on YouTube and, you know, how do you do a rope climb and how do you do toe bars and stuff like that. And so he was helping me with this. And just so that I couldn't come last, you know, I just didn't want to come last and I just wanted to have a bit of fun and enjoy it. Yeah. And after that competition, there was a weightlifting event and this weightlifting coach from that city reached out and was like, Hey, you have like shocking technique, but you're so strong and you've got such a petite body weight. You know, if, if I could train you up, you could go to the Olympics. And so,
0: so incredible. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that whole, like that whole year where we just relocated, I was trying to find myself again. Like I personally felt like I was hitting rock bottom and letting down my parents and, and Shane. Um, and then to completely change and do a, like a one hundred and eighty, where, Oh shit. Like I could try and train for the Olympics. Right. I was like, let's freaking go. Like
2: yeah, this absolutely. is it.
1: Um and then I got injured throughout those 12 months of like from when I decided like hey yeah like let's see how good I can actually be but I got so impatient and I didn't realize the importance of you know listening to your body mm. that I actually truly injured myself and I was out for practically the whole of 2014 um purely just out of just That's overtraining and not listening to my body
0: that's the part that blows my mind because it's one, the 2013 to 2015 jump is massive for anyone. Like it's actually most people like, that's probably not possible, but then, yeah. to, but to your point to miss that entire year in between, mm-hmm. um, it's just absolutely remarkable way. Well, hey, and, and really quickly, I, I know we're coming up on time. Do, do you have time no, for okay. more questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's absolutely remarkable. Uh, and I know that you're also training for bobsled. So maybe if we have a moment or at least we'll, we'll mention it. Um, but one thing that I would love to ask you, cause you kind of mentioned as much uh, not to go back to your childhood, this entire episode, but this, this coming in second and feeling like there was something where it's like you kept not getting over the edge. And I know um, it was documented, you know, the, the CrossFit games in, in 2015 and 2016 coming second this run of dominance that you've been on, you know, in your mind, what has it been that's clicked where you have just gotten to this, this point where it's like, you can't be beaten.
1: I think it it comes from just obviously having experience. So every year I get that much more experience and I develop that much more as an individual, not just as an athlete, but like as an actual individual human. Yeah. 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 Um, and through that experience comes confidence. But I also think I was so young and and actually there's like so many young kids coming up into the CrossFit scene that are much younger than what I was when I very first started or even discovered CrossFit. But when I look back at myself, I was so young that I didn't understand the importance of how, it's such a mental game. Mm. You know, I always felt like it was a physical game and I knew I trained very hard. I knew that I put in the time and I knew that I put in the energy that was required in order to be physically ready. Yeah. But I didn't put the time and energy into mentally preparing myself Mm. and I would probably go to say that the CrossFit game shouldn't be titled fittest on earth. It should be like the most mentally tough person on earth. You know, it's, it's a mental game more than anything, in my opinion. And I find that fascinating because I think that that relates to absolutely everything in, in life, you know? Um, And so once I started understanding and respecting and, and, I guess learning how important and how, um, how much of a mental game it is, then that's when everything started to switch and and flip for me. And I, I, I definitely would probably say it was like 80% mental and 20% physical. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I have come to that resolution is purely based on, I look back in 2015 and 2016 and there was no shortcuts i ever took in training i i trained absolutely like i couldn't have trained any harder yeah. i physically could mm-hmm. not have trained any harder i took it so um yeah like you hear stories about athletes taking shortcuts and stuff i've never once done that because that's not what my mom and dad brought me up to do
2: yeah
1: and since I could remember, I have trained and gone to training every single day with purpose, but I never understood the true importance and power of, of your mental fortitude.
0: So that, yeah, that, that's amazing. And one of the things I'd be interested to hear your perspective on, you know, when you are at the games and they're putting you through these events, these challenges that are just so grueling, like where are you going to in that mental space to kind of like, Persevere.
1: I think it comes back to your why, and you know, I think some people could probably think how corny it is and whatnot, but it it's a true thing, you know. You need to understand like your purpose in life, and I think you need to understand your why, because when people understand that, when it comes to those hard barriers and obstacles, and you face that adversity on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. you depending on your why and how strongly you feel that will always determine your actions. You know, it will determine whether you face that head on, it will determine whether or not you're going to take the easy option. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that, you know, everyone needs a why and a purpose on, on why they live, you know, and why they want to do things. And I'm sure for you, you know, you have children of your own and, that, for me, I think is probably one of the most powerful things because I know when I very first started, Shane and I, we'd been together for a number of years to the point that long that, I mean, we're having conversations on when we're going to start our family. And yeah, like, you know, yes, we were young, but we'd been together for so long, you know, we're we're pretty adamant that, yep, we're going to have a family one day. So my why and when it started was like, I want to be a parent that has stories to tell their kids that, hey, you know, if you want to go out and achieve something, even if you're this young, because I had that dream or that goal of going to the Olympics one day when I was little. I yeah. Had no idea how much it was going to take to get there. Yeah. But I had that goal and I could tell and express my stories that I literally lived and breathed to my future kids so that they can go out there and absolutely crush whatever it is that they want to crush, whether it's in sports or arts or study, like whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's obviously changed over the, the years just because I think that, you know, you grow as a, as a human and, and you develop and you learn things and things might be more important, you know, in one particular year or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just think that it really does come back to your why, you know, in 2018, my, at the start of my season, when I was competing and, um, you know, I qualified for the Commonwealth games in weightlifting and that for, for people that don't live in a Commonwealth country, they may not actually be familiar with the Commonwealth games, but this is like our, you've got the Euro Olympics and then you got your Commonwealth games and you know um, that's with all Commonwealth countries around the world that come together and compete.
2: Right. Under, so under, it's
1: essentially. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it, I, I want to say it's like the pen. What, what games yeah. do you have?
0: Yeah. We've got the Pan Am games. That's uh,
1: it. Yeah. So it would be like equivalent to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was actually the week just before I was about to lift, Uh, my little cousin died in a car accident. And so she she was such a very young girl. Um, Hmm. And my why that year was for her, you know? And so even though my why had changed over the years and, you know, depending on where I was in my life, you know, I, I could always go back to that why. And so when I was at the CrossFit Games in 2018 and there was like, you know, I was going through a hard workout. I was always thinking about her and how, like, I wanted to do this for her. Mm. And, you know, it just made things that much easier and that much more achievable when you had that, you know?
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, what I keep hearing too, is like, it's all about like purpose, uh, right? you know, what is your purpose? What is your, the, you know, your why? Um, Okay. I know I got to let you go here. One last question. (laughs) I told Uh, you I could
1: talk all day long.
0: No. And I would let you, but I want to be respectful of your schedule. I know you appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Last question. So you've now won four. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not putting words in your mouth. You did say you wanted to start a family and I bet there's a lot of people who are wishing you would just do that now so they could get nine months where you're off the, out of the gym. Yeah. You know, I mean, what is your, what is your goal now? I mean, you when you've you've won it four times, you know, like what is so motivated, um, with CrossFit?
1: Um, I think because I I just look at four and I think it's just not enough. Um, and I don't know if there ever will be enough because for me, I always think that like, I just keep developing and I can keep getting that much better. And at the end of the day, it doesn't come down. Like initially in 2017, when I first won, like it was all about the win, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the years have evolved and, and, you know, I have evolved as a person, it's less about the accolades and more about the development as a person oh. and an athlete. And, and it comes back to that whole process. You know, I, I don't like training training um even though i've done it my whole life hmm. i don't train because i love it i train because i love competing and i i train because i i've seen so much growth in who i am as a person and and my values and what i've learned and and how much training has actually just helped me as a person um in life and it's it's really shown me a completely different perspective where when there is hardship in the world it training has allowed me to I guess face the adversities and face the challenges in a much more open-minded um you know way um and so when I look at like my future and what I want to achieve it's it's why I'm doing this bobsled in the off season you know I I guess I don't have to do it and I don't have to do anything, but this was an opportunity that was presented to me and uh, some people would probably say, Oh, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm pursuing CrossFit and and everything like that. But I I think that I would look back and regret that decision. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's about, okay, well, I'm going to execute this next season in CrossFit and um, in this season, I have a goal that not just relates to me, but it also relates to my proven training buddies. Um, and so Shane, my husband, he's uh, my coach and has been. Yeah. And he uh, he actually is just this year first taken on a few other athletes. And we've had athletes train with me in the past. So we obviously had um, James Newberry back in 2018 And then we moved to the States and now, and we were training with Matt Fraser for a couple of years.
0: Also, a pretty good athlete in his own right.
1: Yes. But these athletes, they weren't my direct competitors. Now, this year, um, I I essentially have given my coach uh, or opened my coach up to a direct competitor of mine, Brooke Wells. Ah. And for me, I would never have done that ever. Yeah. But. I met her along this whole process and there's something about Brooke where I look at her as a younger sister and I can see she's never had the support or the right person in her corner to get her to that next stage. Hmm. And I know that Shane can help her to do that. And I've already accepted the challenge of if Shane can make her her absolute best, then I'm going to go up against some serious competition Mm -hmm. and I'm embracing it, you know? Yeah. Um, And so my goal, obviously, I want to be on top of that podium, but I want her and I to be one and two at the end of the season. And it's a scary goal because a lot of that is out of my control. You know, I can't control what she does. I can only control what I can do. But this season has definitely been a lot different and it comes back to my why. And I truly think that this whole process and this whole season is going to be able to develop us not only as individuals, but as, as athletes Mm. and we can really build each other up to actually crush it and, and achieve our goals. Um, And then I have the ability to go and experience something completely different, which is the bobsled um, in, in the off season. So Um, I'm definitely not looking at retiring anytime soon, but, um, yeah, like I, I just think that, um, I like to just set goals and, and, and have different whys that are going to help me stay motivated.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. And you know, the bobsled obviously is a very different sport, but it does seem like a lot of the training you do for CrossFit, I imagine, and weightlifting, very complimentary. So uh, yeah. um, it's very cool that, yeah, you know, you're you're taking the opportunity to try something challenging, try something new. And to your point, an amazing experience that you can tell your kids about. Um, yeah. Hopefully they can take something from, um, and we'll wrap this up here, but I do want to say, I was going to ask you, because I know you're doing a lot of work with your company proven workouts yeah. and a whole number of things. And I was like, boy, is she letting the, uh, the secret sauce out there for everyone else to get a, get a look at, but
1: yeah, we, um, we, well, we kind of are like, normally I was very particular about, you know, putting programming out. Um, not that, not that it would make a difference. I don't think, but I always had something about, you know, keeping your cards close. Oh, absolutely. Um, of course, but I think I'm in a period in my life, and also i'm I'm so confident in my own abilities that I actually want everyone else to just get that much better, and you know if they're getting better, then it's only going to motivate me to get better, yeah, and so, yeah, I also think that that's just development in myself as well, um not just obviously your confidence in the experience, but just having that ability to embrace you know that everyone's getting better and like i i i love that yeah um yeah and i guess my maturity level is probably getting a bit bit more mature as well
0: well and this is the first time we've spoken but that's the word that came to mind it was like okay that is a very mature uh, decision to be made and also like incredibly confident in yourself. Right. It's like, you know what, look, you have the same workout program, but you're not going to outwork me. You're not going to beat me. I'm going to, there's imagine, and we don't have time to talk about it, but I imagine there's a bunch of other areas where you're putting in more recovery, sleep, nutrition. It's like, yeah, that's just one piece of the picture. Um, okay. Well, I've already taken up too much of your time, but I know you are doing a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, all over youtube your website um where where can people find out more about you uh and find out what you and Shane are working on where can i Yeah
1: you? so no thank you Ken I, so basically um i have an instagram which is tier claire 1 um okay. i also have facebook twitter i have a youtube channel with my husband Shane we also have our proven online proven fitness um community essentially so <laughs> you know you've got apparel you've got um, I think they have stickers, shaker bottles, but they also have online programming, ebooks, even, you know, for people that can't commit to an ongoing program, but they can commit to maybe eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And that vast from a core program to a squat to a strength, which, you know, does your deadlifts, shoulder overhead. Um, we also have a rowing and a swimming ebook, um, quite a vast variety of stuff just trying to help people out there, you know, best suit their lifestyle, but also allow them to get better as well. And, um, you know, if they're familiar with CrossFit, um, because I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners out here that aren't very familiar with CrossFit. Um, we have, uh, you know, affiliate programs, just fitness specific programs. And then we've got compete programs for the athletes that just want to take it to that next level.
0: Well, and you know what, like when I was a kid, what I would have given to get a hold of like Michael Jordan's workout plan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So something that's so day and age is like people like yourself who are at the top, willing to share, willing to teach, Um, really fantastic opportunity for people. So I hope they take advantage of it.
1: I think so too, because like Shane and I, we had to learn the hard way. We had to do our research on YouTube and stuff. And so I look at this platform, Proven Fitness, as a fast track, you know, we've, we've gone through the hard yards. We've taken, you know, almost 10 years to understand and try and get as good as we can in this chosen field. Yeah. And now we can just give it to people that have just picked it up today, you know? So it's, um, it's a really cool opportunity.
0: It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know there's a lot of people who are appreciative that you both are doing that. Well, Tia, thank, thank you so much. This was a fantastic conversation. Yeah. I, have, I have no doubt it's going to be uh, very motivating for folks.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It was a huge honor. And um, I really appreciate just, you know, you wanting to get to know me more.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, perfect. <laughs> All right. We'll have to have you back on in the future.
3: Mommy, you better go ask mommy, daddy.
0: <laughs> All righty, wife. My husband. What did you think of this one?
3: I thought it was great. She was very inspirational.
0: I know. I I just listened to it back and um, very motivating Mm -hmm. and motivating in the sense that I loved getting her perspective on like what drives her. Yeah. Because I think so often it's like, oh, it's just about being a champion. It's about being the best in the world, like a killer competitor. And while all of that is true. It was very cool for her to be so open about, hey, for me, it's like, it's, it's family. Yeah. It's my, you know, my purpose. It's, you know, the, it, the scope for her seems much broader than at this point, just showing up at the CrossFit games and taking first.
3: Yeah. One of my favorite, well, I think it relates to what you just said. One of my favorite things she said yeah. was part of her reason for doing this is she wants to be able to, when she is a parent one day, be a parent that has stories to tell their kids so that they can have the confidence to go out there and crush whatever goal it is they want to crush, whether it's athletic or anything else in life. But I thought that was so nice, like for someone who's not a parent yet to be thinking like, that's what I want to be able to do.
0: Absolutely. It's like a
3: huge motivating factor for her.
0: And I think, I think that's um, probably very revealing yeah, about her character and kind of what makes her tick. And she said as much like, hey, for me, it's my family. Like, uh, you know, were there mornings when I was a kid and I didn't want to get up and train, you know, but I'd made a commitment. But she also said, look, I just like spend getting the chance to spend that time with my dad.
3: Yeah, oh, that was really sweet. Oh
0: boy, here they come. Are you are you tearing up? I, <laughs> no. I, I see the glassy eyes coming. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And I, I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that she has done in her life, whether people would say you're taking a risk or maybe you're doing something outside your comfort zone, I think when you reframe it up from the perspective of, hey, I, I want to have some great stories to tell, like that and alone is, is oh boy, the, yep, <laughs> there the tears. Stop.
3: <laughs> Don't draw attention to it. <laughs> no,
0: they can hear them. They can hear those tears. <laughs> uh but it's like if if you just approach like hey is this going to be a great story to tell like you're you're probably going to be more willing to take some chances but i love the perspective of i want to be able to have these great stories so that my kids will feel empowered to take a chance and mm-hmm. do something that they're really excited about yeah um i relate to that totally hence this podcast yeah right So I I thought that was great. And uh, wow, you actually for once went out of order and jumped ahead with a takeaway.
3: I just thought it like related to what you were saying. You nailed it. Good time to slide that in. You slid
0: that right in there. You (laughs) nailed it. Um, But yeah, I I completely relate. I mean, look, for you as a mother, I mean, how how differently do you act now thinking about like how it's going to impact your kids?
3: Yeah, I mean,
0: Totally. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a few minutes to recover. Sorry. <laughs> Let me talk about another That's takeaway. <laughs> I can't talk about motherhood right now. I'm like very emotional. Yeah, yep, I'm sorry. That's not fair. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I completely agree. And for anyone who has kids, like you probably get it. You're like, yeah, it makes total sense. Um, but I agree. Also
3: for- Harper got to meet her beforehand yeah. and she was so excited about it that I just thought that was really sweet.
0: I know it was awesome. Well, and it's so it's like a
3: great motive, uh, role model. And that's like, that's like, she's like the type of person you want your little girl to be like, Oh, I want to be like that.
0: I agree. And how, how excited was Harper?
3: Yeah. And I thought it was cute before I listened to it. And then after I listened to it, I was like, Oh, this is like the kind of person I want Harper to want to be like, absolutely. Was so excited talking about meeting her and it was just over zoom or whatever it's called, but yeah, yeah, she was so excited.
0: Well, no, I agree. Like fantastic role model. Look, if you're an athlete, if you're a young athlete, boy, girl, doesn't matter. Like pay attention to what she's doing because like, there's a lot to take away from even just this conversation, even though it was a bit more um, high level and we dove into her background, which was awesome. Like there was a lot of like insight that she gave that like any young athlete, should pay attention to any person who's passionate about something. Um, Yeah.
3: It doesn't even need to be athletic. It's, it can relate to anything in life that you're
0: absolutely passionate about. Absolutely. But I I agree. Like for a young girl, you know, seeing what she's done, what she's built. And I I think more importantly, her mindset, the way she approaches things like absolutely. What a fantastic role model. Yeah. Um, And I, honestly, I've never done that before. We've talked to some awesome people and that's not that I don't want my kids to meet them, but I was just like, you know What?
3: Yeah. You're like, I have to,
0: yeah. Let me grab Harper because you know, this is someone who's doing some pretty incredible stuff and doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I just had a great segue. Here it is. I remembered (laughs) one of the biggest things that I took away from this conversation and you know, people say it and like the 76ers made it a big deal. Like, Hey, trust the process. What I took from her is like, you need to be passionate about the process. Mm -hmm. Like you need to love getting better. And I think, I don't want to say that she wasn't fixated on winning or being the best. And I don't think that's what she said, but she was like, Hey, I loved if I found I was weak in an area, I love trying to figure out how to get better at it. Yeah. And in a way it sounded like I almost was drawn more speaking from her perspective to areas where I wasn't excelling. Mm -hmm. As opposed to areas where I had a really obvious natural strength. Like she, she was drawn to like improvement. Yeah. Um, Which is really cool. And I think for people in general, I'm guilty of this as well. Can't get caught up in live and die with all these like short term results. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like a participation trophy type of person. No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By no stretch of the imagination. However, this kind of goes hand in hand with like what Ray cash Care said, like winning and learning mm-hmm. like winning exists. Absolutely. There is wins and losses. However, but the L is for learning. Yeah. It's gotta be for learning. It's like, what can you take? Reflect on what you did? What can you do better? How can you improve? Mm-hmm. Um, And it sounds like, you know, that's something that it almost sounds is just hardwired in her DNA. Yeah. In addition to like the, you know, incredible uh, impact her parents had on her. Um, And you know what? I hope I don't make you tear up again. Oh, God. I know. I'm in a very fragile state. (laughs) Yeah. We got to really just be careful here. (laughs) (laughs) What did you call yourself last night? A delicate flower?
3: Yeah. I'm a delicate flower.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll save the context as to why that was brought up. Uh, But it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. (laughs) Um, but I think if you're a parent, you know, everyone tries to hopefully teach their, teach their kids to do things the right way or give them guidance, but like, man, listen to this and just understand how big of an impact you can have and how important it is as a parent to like put things in the proper context, Mm -hmm. you know, and understand like, Hey, their eight year old baseball game, like please just view that as an opportunity to help them understand, you know, how to grow, how to evolve because like they're going to face adversity in life. That is much bigger than that game that weekend. Mm -hmm. Like there's an opportunity to teach them the skills to how to continually get better. So when they are faced with a really critical opportunity or a huge opportunity, they've learned along the way all over the years, over all these small little events, you know, how to be prepared yeah um so yeah take that seriously that's one thing i took from that for sure as a parent which i'm Mm. excited about yeah you know the the chance to get them to think about things the right way what are you smiling about what do you want
3: no (laughs) no that's sweet
0: (laughs) okay i thought you were gonna rip me about something no (laughs) um man i'm pretty long-winded on this one
3: i know know. i'm glad you are because i'm in a state right now
0: (laughs) Uh, but I feel like you're bouncing back strongly. I'm very proud of you.
3: I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm, I'm making a big effort.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. That's what babies will do. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. The process. Just be focused on the process. The results will come. Um, you already hit the other one. You know wh- what I, I took away from this, too? And actually, this is one of the takeaways you had about being... Uh, the CrossFit Games are more about being mentally fit yeah. as opposed to physically fit. And it sounded like from her perspective, it's really about like, what is your why?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And how strong is that why? Yeah. Floor to you. Thoughts? Floor to me. Floor to you. What do you think? Agree? <laughs> Disagree?
3: Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> She talked a little bit about her cousin. Oh, I know. And that was like such a motivating factor. For mm-hmm. her. Like she always had a why, but she could always go back to that why. But it's like the things that are that drive you.
0: Absolutely.
3: Are more important than anything else.
0: I I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but um, I mean, now it's it's going on two years. The decathlon hasn't happened, which is an awesome event. I'm sure it'll come back. But the training for that in a way is like CrossFit because it was 10 events, all very different disciplines. And one of the events was rowing Mm -hmm. and it's a 500 meter row. Anyone who's ever done it, it's just a flat out sprint. As hard as you can. And it takes people anywhere from, I don't know, a minute, 20 to two minutes, whatever, depending on your strength and skill. And so that was something where I would like go all out. It just fit kind of the way I'm built and and, and what my strengths are. But like everyone in that type of event, for me personally, like you hit a wall around like 45 seconds. And there's a physical reason for that. That's like where like the lactic threshold is. And your body starts being like, what are we doing? Stop. (laughs) (laughs) We're killing ourselves. (laughs) And so it's funny. One of the things that I would do to push me through that, especially on the day of the event, is I would go to this place where I would black out and the only thing I would focus on was just like my kids. Yeah. Like what sort of example? You're
3: trying to make me cry. I'm not.
0: (laughs) I know that we're like on very thin ice here and you're probably going to be a blubbery mess for the next few minutes. So don't worry, I'll carry this home. (laughs) But like, honestly, I would go to this place where it was like, what, what sort of, um, you know, uh, not message, like what sort of example am I setting for my kids? Oh my God, I <laughs> no, I would. And I would like think about each kid. I know. I like, know. I know. And I, know, I would, I yeah, this and I would think about you too. And honestly though, like by doing that, I was able to like push myself to train so much harder where I very easily could have said, you know, oh, there's no one down here in my basement at six in the morning. Like I'll just, yeah. I'll back off and I'll work a little harder next week. But yeah, man. And so it's cool to hear that she is. Be a bitch tomorrow, Kenny. Be a, oh Man, great Cash care, baby. Be great today. Be a bitch tomorrow. <gasps> um, that she's so dialed in on that and that yeah. she thinks that's like kind of, you know, her competitive advantage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like she, physically, the scary thing is that she's physically more talented, I think, than all these girls, too. Totally. But then now that she has the mental edge,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's probably why she's won four in a row. And I, I think last year's was like the most dominant. Like, I don't even I, I, I'm sure she had to finish the last event last year. Yeah. But I mean, she was cruising mm-hmm. like there was no risk of her losing. That's uh, crazy. So I mean, another lesson there. Get your mind right, people.
3: Yeah. Because uh, your body's capable of so much more than your mind like thinks you're able to do.
0: Absolutely. So if
3: you kind of like break down that barrier, then it's almost like limitless. Not obviously limitless.
0: <laughs> no. It, yeah. Well, look, Okay. there's we, so much more
3: opportunity to.
0: We just interviewed Devin. Devin mm-hmm. bear crawled the New York City Marathon. And in going to doctors, there was a portion of them that were like, uh, you know, one, I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, two, Devin, I actually don't think it's possible. Yeah. Right. Like someone in the medical profession was like, Ugh, I'm looking at what you're trying to do and I don't think you can do it. Yeah. But you're right. It's like mentally like your body is capable of so much more. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming back to the show. <laughs>
3: Sorry. It's, I'm like teeter tottering on like the edge.
0: You're doing great. This is good <laughs> stuff. Hey folks, let us know how Sony's doing on this episode. She's, she's in an emotional state. <laughs> um, okay. Last one. There was a lot here.
3: Yeah, there is a lot here.
0: I'm sorry. I know. Now I'm really, I'm really going off. But I was just, uh, you know, I thought it was really important. The last one, for someone who's had such success, for her, you know, to say, hey, it's not even just about the accolades anymore. Um, she recognizes that the training and the adversity that she faces physically is directly translating to her ability to handle adversity in everyday life. Um, so for her, you know, it's, she's like, Hey, look, it's, it's not just about winning. I actually don't like training all that much, but she's like, I am obsessed with like the development, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost like, uh, you know, the lessons of sport or the lessons of life or what makes a great athlete makes a great person. <sighs> Someone should really coin those. <laughs> We're trying to use those as a tagline. <laughs> <sighs> well, <yeah>. Anywho. <laughs> uh, but Nan, I, I, I was really fired up after this one. Yeah. I get fired up a lot though.
3: I know. I was really emotional after this. One. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, you were a little uh, bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, but look, that's the sort of stuff. I think, you know, the great ones—they're passionate, mm-hmm. right? And if and if your goal is purely, you know, uh, a trophy, like at some <laughs> at some point that breaks down. What? Well, how is this getting too much? I
3: like. After too much. This is no. over, I need like five minutes to cry yeah. and then I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, you just need a little you time. You know what?
3: I've been holding you this whole
0: time. We'll put, we'll put in some bubble guppies and uh, we'll just find you a little safe space. <laughs> I don't need bubble guppies. People think I'm going to freak. No, the bubble guppies is for the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For you, what, what should we put on? Some Taylor Swift? Let you just get a good hard cry in? <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> All right. Well, if that's not a place to wrap it up, I don't know what what is. Uh, well, hey, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, as always, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we're absolutely loving doing it every single time. So thank you. I, I uh, usually don't cry. <laughs> not usually. Um, but when you do, we sure do appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, hey, if, if you're liking the show, leave us a rating, and review, subscribe wherever you're listening, and we will see you next week.
3: See you next week. All right. Oh, my God. I'm like a mess.